chapter 16, Paul has a vision to go to Macedonia, Macedonia, Macedonia. You're listening to Manual Focus, a monthly podcast where we talk to a Christian creative and we learn a lesson that God has taught them. I'm Alicia Colon, paper illustrator and photographer and your host. For this month, instead of interviewing a fellow creative, I decided to share something that I've been waiting through over the past month. And really, to be fair, it's the culmination of a few months that actually all came to a head last June. I mean, it was really hard for me to grapple with this, but I felt God calling me to leave Focus Lab, my beloved employer for the past six years. I mean, that part, the I felt God calling me really trips people up. I mean, for some, they hear it as the proverbial caution tape, roping off a decision that is no longer rendered arguable. I mean, haven't you heard this one before? I'm going to buy this new computer because I feel God telling me to, so you can't really say anything about it. Or, you know, I really feel like I need to go to this restaurant or I need to buy this outfit. I just, I feel like God wants me to do that. Okay, maybe those are a little bit extreme, but however you've experienced it, it always leaves a sour taste in our mouth. And that's valid. And as much as I hate the usage of that phrase, it's not really what I'm going to talk about today. It's the other side. When people are genuinely, divinely compelled to do something. Now, I don't know if you're in the same boat, but I often hear stories of people feeling led to go into the mission field to bake a cake and visit a neighbor, to say something to a stranger, to walk down a specific street that they don't ever walk down, and yes, even to leave a job. I mean, Emily told us about her God nudge to go freelance on episode 19. And so one day during this past month, I, I was reading John 1 and it's, it's not a verse that would stand out at all by any means, but because I'm at this crossroads, I, I felt like I should leave my agency, but at the same time, I super loved them. This verse, John 1 is stood out. And that verse is, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. I mean, it's not like anything. I mean, it's a very super underwhelming verse. But that word, decided, caught my attention. I started to wonder, when does God allow me to make a decision? And when does he direct that decision? I mean, it, when does God say, hey, Alicia, go this way? Or, hey, Alicia, pick one of those options. I mean, so back to verse John 143. Jesus decided to go to Galilee. The way that verse struck me was that Jesus picked Galilee as one would pick a name out of a hat. And I mean, Jesus's Galilean trip wasn't just for mere exploration, big things happened, all right? That's where he picked Philip and Nathaniel as disciples. It wasn't just a flippant choice, or was it? The word for decided in Greek is thilio. Now, graded, I don't necessarily know if that's really how you say it, but I'll put the link in the show notes so you guys can see what I'm talking about. But this word means will, wish, desire. Jesus didn't just randomly pick to go to Galilee, dang it. He had an inward desire, which 
I can only assume was the Holy Spirit leading Jesus. I mean, he's fully God and fully man, so of of course he can easily discern the will of God. So maybe he's not the best example to to see how, you know, one would go about to discern the voice of God. Um, The Apostle Paul, however, I mean, he's fully human and a man I can somewhat relate to. Well, before he surrendered his life to Christ and, well, and, and, you know, not the murdering part. Or like helping people do that. Um, So before the road to Damascus, Paul was the Jew of Jews. I mean, he was a Pharisee, which was a teacher of the religious law. On top of that, he studied under a famous rabbi. He was of Roman citizenship, which pretty much gave him instant social status and privileges. And it, it seems like everyone looked up to Paul and he used that to push his agenda of persecuting the early church. And it was going quite well for him. His name preceded him as Paul traveled to Damascus. And the story is told in Acts 9 that Jesus in heaven revealed himself to Paul. And from that point forward, Paul turned from persecutor of Jesus to an apostle of Jesus. God used Paul greatly to spread the gospel far and wide via boat. I liken those Paul destinations to those big life decisions that we get to make. So... All of this begs that similar question we asked earlier. When did Paul choose the destinations and when did God direct him? The short answer, God directed him a lot. From the very get-go in Acts 9, I mean, God told Paul to go to the city once God revealed himself to him, right? And then from there, he was like, all right, go to the city and I'm going to tell you what to do next. And then from there, chapter 11, there's a divine vision of a famine. So Paul helps to deliver the supplies to Judea. The next instance is in chapter 13, where members of the church of Antioch were fasting and praying, and they heard God say to set apart Paul and Barnabas for the special work. Next, in that same chapter, Paul, compelled by the Spirit, confronts a false prophet, Bar-Jesus, who God strikes blind. Chapter 14 shares that Paul and Barnabas were able to do many signs and wonders within a city. In chapter 16, Paul has a vision to go to Macedonia. In chapter 20, Paul shares he's compelled by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. The accounts of God compelling Paul continue to stack up and up and up. There's a lot of movement based upon the Spirit's direction. In the middle, though, there are plenty of times peppered in where Paul chose to go to a different city often due to persecution or the rejection of the gospel. It starts in the first city Paul was preaching in, Damascus. The church found out that there was a plot to kill Paul, and so they helped him escape by night and travel to Jerusalem. Then he was sent to Tarsus. From there, Barnabas met up with Paul and both traveled to Antioch. These were all choices. There's no indication that God told them to do this or that in this particular scenario. I mean, and that's not the end of the list. There were circumstances that rose in their day-to-day business that drove the undercurrent of their lives. And it's all interesting to see how all of these things tie together. The choices Paul made and the choices God made for Paul. So back to the question, when does God allow us to make the decision? And when does he make that decision for us? As I was looking over the big time, God showed up and threw up the proverbial this way sign. I started to see a pattern. 
It was during times of big changes, sweeping trajectory updates to the course of Paul's life and ministry. I mean, his conversion, his restored sight, his calling to share the gospel to the Gentiles, Paul's arrest in Jerusalem, which then led to house arrest in Rome. And and from there, many, many, many letters were written to the early Christian church that became books of the Bible. I mean, all were huge path changes. And even what seems to be outliers like Paul calling out Bar Jesus, Paul healing people, resurrecting the poor kid that fell asleep, then fell out of the window. I mean, those were huge trajectory changes too, but not necessarily for Paul, but for those people involved, for, for those individual people. And when God compels us to do something, it's for a sweeping trajectory change towards Christ for the person and people involved. I'm going to say that again. When God compels us to do something, it's for a sweeping trajectory change towards Christ for the person or people involved. Most times it's not for us. So what about the in-between decisions? Those moments in between the divine callings, those moments where Paul would go to the next city. Did he get to choose those? Do we get to choose those? The answer is yes. I mean, when we surrender to Christ, as Ezekiel 36, 26 shares, God gives us a new heart, a new spirit. He will remove from us our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. We are a new creation, as Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 points out. Our desires start changing as we become more like Christ, as a relationship with him deepens, as we spend time with God daily. And as those desires change, as we seek God's kingdom first and we delight in him, he'll make our path straight. And those undercurrents will gently push us down the path to that next trajectory God change. Look back to those little decisions Paul made. When he jumped from city to city or among groups or or partook in jobs, All those decisions meld beautifully with the sweeping trajectory changes God would call him from time to time. So when does God allow you to make the decision? Always. Plot twist. He lets you make the decision even when he compels you in a direction. In his self-titled Old Testament book, Jonah, he was given a divine message for the people of Nineveh, but instead booked a one-way boat ride to the opposite corner, to Tarsus. It's funny that the city that Jonah was traveling to in attempts to run from God was the same city that Barnabas went to look for Paul before they were called out by God to do his special work. With Jonah, Tarsus was the attempted bookend of rebellion. With Paul, it was the opening pages of a powerful ministry. You and I are in similar places. Our decisions can rest in rebellion, fear, anger, complacency, or can be rooted in trust, faith, courage, and obedience. So once I realized that following God had very little to do about me, but more about glorifying him and loving people to freedom through him, I see my rebellion very differently now. I see disobedience more as a selfish act that harms those around me. And on the flip side, when I see God's nudge, I'm now going to remind myself that it's a trajectory shift, not for me, but for the person on the other end. That cake I need to make, that phone call I've been putting off, that apology that is waiting to be voiced isn't for me necessarily, though, I mean, I will benefit, of course, but it's largely 
for the child of God who is lost, hurt, confused, or lonely. So, when does God allow you to make the decision? And when does he direct the choice? It's not an either or. It's a both and. By spending time with him daily, he's renewing you from the inside out to be more like the person you originally created to be. Your desires evolve to be in the line with his desires. And when there's a trajectory change he's calling you to be involved in that could impact someone's life, he gives you the opportunity to join him or not. It's a both and. So I don't know if you guys have heard it, but the the underlying question here, I mean, is not God, what decisions do you allow me to make and which ones do you make for me? Because ultimately, ultimately, it's an and, right? It's a both and. The underpinning question is, how is your relationship with Christ? Is, is, you know, you, you, you want to go in that current, the undercurrent of where God is taking you. You want to see those big trajectory shifts of where he's going to use you. I mean, do you want to see the ones that are around you, um, you know, be moved and changed and transformed because of him? It all comes back to you and your relationship with him. Are you delighting in the Lord? Are you seeking first his kingdom? Are you acknowledging him so he can make your path straight? There's so many times where I know that I'm the one who's trying to figure it out. And when, if, when I was trying to figure this, like, all right, God, you're telling me to leave Focus Lab. Like I, I was trying to figure out how I was going to make all the money work. I was trying to figure out how to get all the leads in. I was trying to figure out how to do all this stuff with my website and how do I run a business and all of that stuff. And, and I got so overwhelmed that I didn't put one foot forward, but I crumpled into a hot mess. And the thing is, is that like, if I'm going to see those trajectory changes, if I'm going to see the undercurrent of where he's leading me, I have to be plugged into him. I have to have that daily time with him. And so do you. We have to be renewed by the transforming of our mind. And so that's my prayer for you. And that's my prayer for me. That as we kind of reboot, you know, this is, this is August. We're going into August. This is where school starts a lot for our parents, but then also for college students. This is, you know, a little bit over mid-year. Uh, so it's like those resolutions or whatever it is that you really set out to do this past year. Like this is the time to kind of re-kick, restart, reboot. Um, so, so do that because you want to see what he has for you. You want to see what he has for those around you, through you. And the only way to do that is by step one, surrendering to him, being filled by him every day. So guys, thank you so much for spending your time with me today. It really means a lot. And I I just pray, my prayer is that, that God would use this in some way in your life. So, um, if you have any feedback or you have any questions or this, you know, you you want to discuss or dialogue anything, please just reach out. I'm at Alicia Cologne. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. And I don't know why you would want to talk to me on dribble, but you can definitely do that as well. Um, or just email me at hello at aliciacolone.com. But until next time, guys, stay focused. Stay focused.